Dude, that song's so underrated. What a jam. Anyway, somebody here right now, like, they're like, they don't want to admit that they think POD's cool, and so they're like, yeah, this song sucks. I'm out. Yeah. Hey, how y'all doing? Yeah? Pretty cool? I think, uh, I think God's intentional with everything, and so uh, all the crazy hail and the 15,000 holes that I have in my front windshield and and all that stuff, uh, I think that it happened for a reason. I think that who's here and foraged through the hail to get here, I think that's intentional. And who God brought here tonight's intentional. And so um, I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to go, go to work. Cool? We're going to dig in. Um, once again, before we pray, though, uh, like Chad said, we are smack dab in the center of uh, the series called Heart or Less Than Three. Yeah, that one. And uh, we're talking about relationships, and we're talking about, um, man, parents and dating and um, you know, brothers and sisters and friends and family and all that stuff. And tonight, we're not talking um, about any of those really aforementioned groups. We're talking about the fringe. And so I'll explain what that means here in a minute. Cool? Not dread? Want me to talk in English? Excellent. All right. Um, yeah, let's pray. Let's go. Father, thank you so much for the chance to be here. Thanks, Dad, for how intentional you are. Thank you, Father, for um, showing me that more and more. I ask that um, you would do a work tonight, uh, not just in me or in the students, but um, in the leaders as well, and anyone that is within earshot, Father, that you would do a huge, huge thing. I confess that without you, I can't do anything, including breathe. I thank you, Dad, for the fact that As I slept last night, you kept my heart beating and my lungs going up and down when I didn't have to tell them to. And so I thank you and I praise your name for how big you are. The creator of the Atlantic Ocean loves me and knows my name, and that that, uh, boggles me. So I love you so much. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Be with me tonight, fill in all the gaps and the holes, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. My name is inconvenient. My name is inconvenient. Right here, right here. My name is inconvenient. And you don't love me like you should. My name's inconvenient, and you don't love me like you should. Because I mean I gotta be honest, if you love me like you should, like 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 dad told you to, if you love me like you should, then man, it get awkward for you quick, huh? Because that would mean you, you might have to leave your spot at the lunch table and come and sit by me, and, and I'm not into what you're into. Football players, I may not be like you. I don't lift weights. I, I'm into computer games and stuff. Guys who play computer games, I'm really not into your kind of stuff. I'm into lifting weights, and I like to be sporty. Girls who sit at the cool table, I'm not really like you. I don't really have many friends like that, and, and I don't own a lot of fancy clothes. Girls who don't sit at the fancy table, I'm not really like you. I kind of came up in privilege, and I had money, and my folks gave me nice stuff, and, and I didn't really choose that, but it just happened. And so I don't really relate to you. My name is inconvenient, and you don't love me like you should because it'd be embarrassing. Because heaven forbid your buddies in the locker room laugh at you when you don't go talk to me. I'm just on the B team. 
heaven forbid you go and sit by me and bring some of your girls to sit down next to me in the lunchroom because, man, that'd be pretty awkward. Huh? My name is awkward because you wouldn't dream of talking to me. Fellas, it's rumored that I like boys. You wouldn't talk to me. That damaged your rep. Because, man, you wouldn't look tough then, huh? You'd lose all that cred as being masculine. Ladies, you don't want to talk to me because I'm awkward. I'm that girl who, who you know has been around the block a few times with a bunch of guys because, man, you don't want to talk to me because then you'd be that girl who hangs out with the slut, right? Guys, you don't want to talk to me because you heard that I abuse with my relationships. You heard that I've hit a girl before. You don't want to talk to me because that, that, man, that straight makes you angry. You can't love me. Hey, man, you don't want to love me. I'm your brother. Literally, your brother. Same mom. You don't want to love me, man. It's tough to love me. Brother, I spit on your love. Spit on it. Spit on it. You try and love me, reach out a hand, and I spit on it. And shut my door and don't come down for dinner. Hey, you want to love me? I'm just your dad. I'm your dad who's made mistakes, right? I'm your dad who didn't love your mom well. You don't want to love me because that'd be tough, right? That'd be wildly unpopular because you feel justified in your anger at me, right? Right? Hey, y'all want to love me. I'm your mom who won't put down the bottle. That'd be hard, huh? That'd be hard, right? My name is inconvenient. And you don't love me like you should. Boy, I wish she did. Because sometimes when I'm by myself, me, inconvenient, awkward, unpopular, not good looking at all, not athletic at all, different from you. When I'm by myself, sometimes at night at 2 a.m., when everything's quiet, you know, when everything finally shuts down for the day and it's just me and the pitch black darkness and God, if he's there, sometimes I just talk to him or whatever's there because I feel like I can't be this alone, right? I can't possibly be this alone. Sometimes at 2 a.m., I ask God about you. And it goes something like this. God, if you're there, Dad, Dad, if you're there, if you're there and you love me, and all that stuff that about Jesus is true, then, then tell me why the folks that, that say that they're Christians and they say that they love you, why don't they talk to me ever? Why am I still alone on Friday nights? Why do they think that loving me is just not making fun of me in public? Why don't they see that loving me is asking me to be with them? Why don't they see that loving me is doing the tough thing and swallowing their pride and hanging out with me? Sometimes, me, inconvenient, awkward, unpopular, unattractive, unathletic. Sometimes, me, athletic, popular, has money, attractive. Raised in a good home. Sometimes I wonder 
if anybody loves me at all. My name is inconvenient, and you don't love me like Dad asked you to. So Jesus had this habit, right? He had this habit of saying really, really strange things, like, uh, homeboy, if, Mar- if Murph and I were walking in the mall, and he walked up to me, and I saw him from afar, and he straight up kicked me in the chest, and I fell down. Like, I mean, literally, like, saw me from afar with his backpack on. I was just strolling, right? This is going to get annoying quick. And so he sees me from, like, 15 yards out. Murph's like, oh, hey, Baxter, hey. And I'm like, oh, hey, Murph. And I just 300 him into a giant pit, and he falls, and his sternum cracks, and he goes down. Jesus had this habit of saying really, really funny things that what Murph should do is straight up and be like, hey, man, could you kick me again? Jesus had this habit of saying, hey, if you walk up to somebody and they straight up punk you right in the face, pop you right in the mouth, then you offer them the other side of your mouth. Jesus had a habit of saying this really, really wicked, weird stuff, like saying, like, love your enemy. Like, your enemy. And for us, like, we don't really have enemies, like, or, I mean, maybe you do, but I highly doubt that you guys, like, have an arch nemesis. I mean, sometimes, and as a kid, I really wanted one, just so that I could, like, see him from across the room and music could play and be like, that's my nemesis. <laughs> I don't really know what that would look like, but I kind of always wanted one. But Jesus had this really funny habit of saying weird stuff about it, right? He had this really, really funny habit of saying, love your enemy. And then he would go even crazier because we might, we might be able to wrap our head around that, right? We might be able to wrap our head around, okay, God's perfect. I've heard that Jesus is perfect, whatever. No matter where you are in this room, we've heard the golden rule, right? Treat others like you'd wish to be treated. Jesus goes one step further than that, pushes the bar just a little higher, just a little bit more out of reach to some of us that we would think, and he says, treat others as better than yourself. Well, man, I got to thinking about that the other day and realized that I'm pretty much the rubric for all of my decisions. When I'm hungry, I go eat. When I'm sleepy, I go to sleep. When I want something to drink, I go get something to drink. If I don't want to do something, I'm probably not going to do it, even if someone asks me to do it. My natural lean is to make decisions based on what I want and what I prefer and what benefits me and what gives me a good standing and what makes me look good and what makes me feel good. And Jesus had this crazy, crazy sense of like popularity economics that he flipped completely upside down where he said, no, 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 no. I, God in the flesh, God with skin on it, the one who created the Atlantic Ocean and the reason that you are all alive, the one who made the human respiratory system and made it possible for beautiful, beautiful things to happen, trees grow, planes fly, all of that stuff, the one who created that came with skin on to this earth 2,000 years ago to be a servant. You know, he said the most wicked thing ever this one time. He said, greater love has no man than this. That he laid down his life for his friend. Greater love has no man than this. Please hear me on this. I'm honestly, this is crazy, but and you won't believe me if you've ever been here before, like ever. If you've ever heard me talk, you won't believe me when I say that I'm not going to talk long. But I legitimately am not going to talk long. So that means that I put really good care into what I was supposed to say. Fair enough? Cool. Greater love has no man than this. That he laid down his life for his friend. Now, here's something funny I got to thinking about. There's some new folks in here, right? Uh, it, it, I don't want to be too, too awkward. Can you just, like, quasi-raise your hand if you're brand new? Quasi? Thanks. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that's, that's really, really sweet. All right, right here. Dude, that's really, really sweet that, that uh, Ojeda's. So glad you're here. Love you so much. You're fantastic. 
So imagine that there's a brand new human in this room that I've never met before in my entire life, okay? Right here, right here. Brand new person that I've never met before in my entire life. If I walked up to you and I showed you a picture of somebody, right? I showed you a picture of, of say, my dad, okay? Kevin Baxter, early Kevin Baxter. And I showed you a picture of him. And I walked up to you and I was like, hey, this guy, and then I started to cry. I have his picture. And you're like, okay, first of all, this is really creepy. This has gone way past anything that I'm comfortable with. I don't even know you. And now you're showing me a picture of your father pointing at it and crying and pointing at me. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. But if I came up to you, brand new, never met you before in my life, and I stood right in front of you, and I put you right here, and I pulled out a picture of my dad, and I pointed to him, and I started bawling, weeping. Like, you know the, like, extreme home makeover cry. Like... At the exact moment that the little boy with typhoid gets his telescope that he can see Mars with, at that exact moment, you sit there, and I am weeping. The very core of me is shook, and I'm rattled, and people are getting awkward, and they're standing back, and they're starting to make space, and you get this perimeter of awkwardness around me, and I am bawling, crying. I'm starting to shake as I hold this picture, and the best that I can is I point to it, and I'm like, he died yesterday. And guess what he said? He said that he died for you. I did that, here's what I think would happen. I think at best, you'd be really, really awkward, and you'd be like, uh, two things, Andy. Nice to meet you. I'm Jimmy. Um, this has been an awkward first impression. Uh, second of all, I don't know that man. Third of all, I'm really sorry your dad's dead, and I'm really, really, really sorry that you've got this crazy disillusion that he died for me for some reason because I've never seen him, and I don't know him, and I don't know anything about him. And so let me tell you this. One thing I know for sure, that man didn't die for me. Now let's back up the story about 27 seconds. Imagine I showed you a picture of someone that you love. Imagine your best friend. Imagine your best friend. You got a great relationship with your mom. Imagine your mama. You got a great relationship with your pop. Imagine your pop. You got a great relationship with your sister. Imagine your sister. Imagine someone right now that you absolutely love. And then I show you a picture of them. And I point and I start crying and do that shaking thing again. And the awkward circle starts. And then you're like, okay, Andy. Once again, my name's Jimmy. I don't know how you got a picture of my mom, but this is yet again weird. Um, back off. I don't know who you are. Give me, in fact, give me the picture of my mom back. I don't, I don't want you to have it. Um, and I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Listen, I'm shaking, crying. Scarlet fever kid gets his telescope, extreme home makeover, like bawling. And I'm sitting here, and I'm weeping, and I point at the picture of your sister or your mom or your brother or your dad or the person that you love the most. And I say, they died. Suddenly the story is different. Suddenly you start thinking, wait, I didn't get a phone call. Nobody said anything. I'm like, they passed away. They didn't make it. And suddenly you start to shake. And suddenly that perimeter starts to close in because it gets less awkward and more serious. It's not so much about, I don't know who you are, Andy, but it's like, why do you know this piece of information and I don't? And suddenly you're starting to get quivery just like I am and extreme home makeovers going all around and everybody's starting to cry. He's like, what's going on? Why does he know this? What's weird about this? I say, and they died for you. Suddenly you sit there and everything's different. 
the entire story is different. Suddenly, Jimmy, who I don't know, um, you don't really care that you don't know me. The only thing that you can think of is that this person that you love, that you know, that you have spent time with, that you have forged a relationship with, loves you. And that they died. And that I know that they died for you. Suddenly, the story's different. It's way different. It's way different. And so I guess I can understand why, whether you're in here tonight and you know Jesus well, or whether you're in here tonight and you know Jesus like I know famous people, I can Google their name and tell you a thousand facts, but I don't know them whatsoever. I've never met them. I've never sat down with Bono, but I can tell you a lot about him. I might even be able to pass off like I know him. Maybe you're in here and you know Jesus well and you got a great relationship with him. Or maybe you're in here and you're like, I don't even know what to think about God. And I have no idea what to do with Jesus because I don't know the man. And he might be fictional. And in any case, he's dead and 2,000 years old. And I have no idea where you are. But to be honest with you, I don't think that we could argue that one of the greatest acts, if not the greatest act of love ever, would be for you to really get to know somebody. Right here, just a bottle of wine. For you to really get to know somebody. Really. Right here. For you to really get to know somebody and for them to take a bullet for you. Or for them to die in your place. With a gun to your head, they say, no, take me. And then they take it. See, the reason why I do what I do and why I look goofy as crap wearing a, a Britney Spears woman as a face mic, um, the reason why I do what I do uh, is because I know that Jesus did that for you. And the reason why I continue and continue and continue to love and to push and to try and show you who he was and to try and teach you who he was right here because this is important. The reason why I day in and day out try and teach you that and show you that and, and I'm goofy and, and all that stuff, just trying to show you love in the best way that I can is because I understand that the reason that you're not moved when you see the cross or you're not shook when you hear of Jesus or while you're not fired up <laughs> to read your Bible or when you're not stoked to pray. I know that the reason you're not is because you don't know Jesus. Because if you knew Jesus, it's a different story. And no, I'm not saying that once you start getting to know him, you wake up and you're super Bible. And all you want to do is like, I want to read the Old Testament today. All I want to do is spend 14 hours praying. I don't even want to play anymore. I don't want to eat. I just want to pray. Because I'm not there. Uh, and I don't, I don't know, think I'll ever be there. I don't know. But here's the deal. Jesus said a lot of crazy things about love, right? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Love your enemies. Treat people as better than yourself. And here's what my fear is for you if you're in this room. Two things. I'm going to split you right down the middle for a second. Not literally. This isn't a game. I'm going to figuratively go with me. Uh, for those of you that know Jesus, 
wherever you are. And for those of you that don't know what to think of Jesus yet, that aren't sure, for you guys, you need to know this. You may have seen, for those that may not know Jesus, just let me talk to you. I'm not asking for any hands. If you don't, let me tell you this. We've been told, like we don't do a very good job of it a lot, but we've been told by God to love everybody. And for those people in this room that do know Jesus, we don't always do a good job of that. That's why there's people inside of the lunchrooms of schools, inside of the locker rooms of schools, inside of our families, inside of our homes. It's just a phone. That's why there's those people that are able to say, my name's inconvenient and you don't love me like you should. Because we're not perfect and we're not great at it. But I guess what I would beg you to do, if you're in this room and you're on the fringe, those folks that eat by themselves, that hang by themselves, whose Friday nights are normally lonely, whose Saturday nights are normally lonely, if that's you, I want you to know that I pray that this place would be a place where you find love and you find community and you find brothers and sisters that become family and that suddenly those nights aren't empty because you got people loving on you like Dad told them to. And finally this. For those of you in here that uh, claim the name of Jesus, that call yourselves Christians or believers or followers or whatever vernacular you want to choose. Here's what I would say to you. I fear for you. And I fear for you for this reason. You know, like, who ever has seen The Simpsons? Anybody? 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 Yeah? People in here not raising their hand like, nope, I've been at home reading my Bible. I don't watch that trash. Uh, <laughs> that show is crap. <laughs> um. So there's a guy on there called Ned Flanders. You know what I'm talking about? Howdy ho, neighborino. Yeah, exactly. Didn't his wife get, get killed by a t-shirt gun? Yeah. I know. Maud Flanders, may you rest in peace. Um. <laughs> right here. Right here. So that image of like Christians that gets thrown out there by Ned Flanders that we're all like uptight, sweater vest wearing, yada, 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 fill in the blank, that we're judgmental, that we hate on people and that we don't love people and that we think that we're better than people. There's a reason that those stereotypes exist. You hear me? You hear me? And I told you earlier that I feared for you. Because the reason those stereotypes exist is because there are people who aren't loving folk. Right here, it's just a phone. They don't love folks because it would be awkward because that would mean that they wouldn't get to sit where they wanted to at lunch because that would mean that their Friday nights they wouldn't get to go where they wanted. That would mean that sometimes on Saturday nights they might have to bring someone along with their group of friends and deal with the awkwardness when their buddies say, why'd you bring him? Boy, what a crappy reason not to be obedient. 
And ultimately what makes me real sick is that I spent my entire high school career doing it. I ain't just pointing fingers, yo. Looking at me. We paint you a picture, cool? Then we're done. Paint you a picture. What would it look like? You know, Gandhi had this wicked quote one time, and they talked about it last night, I think. He said, I like your Christ. I don't like your Christians. I really wish that your Christians looked more like your Christ. <laughs> what would your, just pick one area of your life, what would one of your classrooms look like? Whether you know Jesus in here or not, okay, what if one of your classrooms, just pick one classroom or one, your cubicle at work or your home that you live in with your roommates or your relationship with your siblings, what would one tiny sphere of your life look like? How would it be changed if you literally put people above yourself? If literally all you did was serve them? If literally what you did was follow the way and love them the way that God told you to and you really chased them? What would it be like? Because let me promise you, it would look way different than the way that most of our relationships and our families look like. It would look so different. What if, and this is crazy, all right? Please don't throw rocks. What if you gauged who you talked to inside of lunch and who you hung out with on the weekends by those that you knew didn't have anybody in their life loving on them? What if that's how you chose? Some of you in here, and you know who you are, man. You swing a lot of weight in that lunchroom, huh? You swing a lot of weight in that classroom, huh? You swing a lot of weight. What would, you, what would they do? What would your buddies think? Whew. I'll tell you this, man. It might get crazy. You might get thrown out of your social circle. I don't know, maybe. You might get unpopular like that. I don't know, maybe. But I also know this. There are people right here, because I'm going I'm to pray that I'm done. You might get unpopular like that, maybe. It's a legitimate concern. You might get unpopular like that. It might be embarrassing as all get out to grab that new person by the hand Bite them. For you athletes, that guy that none of the other guys that you run around with in football want to be around because they're not hyper-masculine. For you guys that don't really dig sports or whatever, that's not your bag. For you to literally grab the hand of one of those athletes that you're friends with or that you know that's in your class and to bring them into whatever it is that you do. For you girls sit at the popular table, what does it look like for you to grab the hand of one of the girls that doesn't sit at your table and to shower them with love regardless of what your friends do? For you girls that don't sit at the popular table, what would it look like for, for you to not snap back and make fun of them because they don't hang out with you and they don't love you, but for you to be kind to them? What would it look like if you flipped everything socially that you were told 
to do and that you feel that you need to do to look out for yourself upside down and you live like that. But hey man, there is the path. You can find it. Jesus. Here's my hope. Right here. My hope is that you do. My hope is that you do. Hope is that you do. So next week we got this big old thing. We're calling it Living on a Chair or uh, something like that. Yeah, I'm halfway there. Uh, we're 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 doing this thing right here. We're we're literally asking you. These aren't going to be in here. None of them. None of these chairs. And so what we're asking you to do is we're asking you to bring a chair for you and then to bring another chair for somebody. And here, hear me on this. I don't care if we're the biggest youth ministry in Austin. I really don't care. I'm not interested in it. I'm not gunning for it. The reason, right here, the reason I'm asking you to bring that chair and the reason we're asking you to fill it with somebody is to give you a direct opportunity and to force the issue for you to go and love people. I don't care squat about growing wide if we don't grow deep. And so we're asking you to bring a chair for yourself and bring a chair for somebody else. And we're hoping and praying, and I'm quite serious about that, that you'll fill it with somebody that you want to love on. That's anybody in this room that can hear me. I love, look at me, look at me. New, student, old student, doesn't matter. Leader, doesn't matter. Just look at me. I love you. And that may weird you out because you don't know me, but I love you. And I love you enough to be honest and to call you to big things. Pray. Father, thank you so much for the chance to come and talk. I thank you so much for the opportunity. I thank you, Father, that you are here. It's kind of weird, Dad, to know that you're like in this place, that your presence is here. But I thank you that you are. Dad, here's what I ask. I pray that this would be very much a nagging thought on the hearts and the minds of the people in this room. That they would ask themselves big, deep questions like, how do I love? They would ask themselves big, deep questions like, do I only love when it's convenient? That they would ask themselves big, deep questions like, would I only ever ask anyone to a place like this that was popular like me or that hung around with me or that looked, dressed, act, talked, behaved like I did? Dad, what I'm asking is just that you would teach us how to love like you. Father, teach me how to love like you. Teach us how to love. I love you so much. Thank you for the chance to just to be here. Thanks for each and every student in this room. Remind them, Dad, that there's a reason they're here. I love you. I love you. I love you. Amen.